Hi, we're Katie, Jessica, and Shannon, and this is Boy Problems Podcast, a community focused on supporting families navigating substance use disorder. We hope sharing our stories, introducing you to experts, and answering all the questions you have no one else to ask will help you better navigate your story. Through our partners' recoveries, we found each other and formed our own squad, one we know is so valuable to how we manage this disease in our relationships. So we started bringing a microphone to our hangouts to extend our conversations to others just like us. When you're here, you're not alone. If you're listening, you probably know we met at a family support group and our bonds have grown stronger through sharing our stories and supporting each other. When we think about the thing that's helped us most, it's that. So we'd like to extend that community to you. If you're feeling like no one understands what you're dealing with, or you're looking for a community of like-minded individuals, consider joining us for our virtual support group. For details, visit recoveringto.com. We know what you're going through and we're here to help. We're Recovering Too. Welcome to Boy Problems Podcast. Um, Today is a little bit different. It's just me and Katie, which I think it's the first time we've had just the two of us on the show before. Um, So we are, we're kind of winging it. Um, We had a plan for today's episode, but you know, like life happens. Jessica has a sick kid. um, So she's taking care of him. And Katie and I had a kind of pivot on what would be our topic. Um, I think it's kind of fitting because we feel a little uncomfortable, like just like winging it a little bit. Um, Also, Katie has kids in the background that are, you know, not having fun with bath times and things. So we may hear some of that. Um, But I think it all goes well with our topic today, which is uncomfortable conversations. Um, I think it's something we've all had. I think you deal with that a lot with addiction. Yeah, absolutely. (laughs) Yeah. So are you feeling a little uncomfortable with all the things in your background? Is it making you nervous? Yeah. Cause I just don't know what's going to come out. So I'm hopeful and we're just going to ride with it. This is just what we're doing today. So yes, I think if nothing else, we have learned from all of our experiences with addiction that, you know, you, you can't control things and you might think that you're prepared and things will just go a different way. And all you can do is deal with what, what comes your way. So. Yeah, absolutely. Um, so like Shannon said, we're definitely doing the uncomfortable conversations. And I think, uh, something that's uncomfortable for, I think all three of us is asking for things. And so I just want to start this off as we kind of look at 2022, we are hoping to grow. And so we're hoping that we can ask you all, if you can, uh, subscribe, if you can rate us on Apple podcasts, um, if you can share the word, we know that it's uncomfortable. Um, And we get it if you don't want to, but anything little, um, even just secretly telling friends will always help us. So that's my uncomfortable plug. Hey, that's a nice little segue you added in there. I was not expecting that. Yes. Um, Okay. Well, let's kind of get started. So like Shannon said that we, we were having kind of trying to figure out what we, what would be best to kind of speak to tonight. Um, And I will kind of 
share how this came together. Uh, so as if you've been following us for a bit, you guys know that recently my dad had passed away and I had a conversation with Jessica and Shannon that I was just uncomfortable with how, um, these two women as my friend and I adore them. Um, now neither of you have either lost your parent. Um, and I've now lost both. Uh, and so I was disappointed in kind of the, I'll just say lovins or feelings that had been coming my way, um, or lack thereof. And so I wanted to share that with the two of you because it had just been ruminating, uh, it's almost been six months now. And so it had just been kind of playing over and over again in my head. And I was like, I don't have this conversation with them. Like I'm going to probably grow resentments. I'm going to whatever it may be. And, and, and also it's not fair to the two of you. If I secretly start having hate and you're like, well, I don't have it. Why? Like what, what's going on? Right. And so it was an awful conversation. My stomach was in knots as I was telling you guys. Um, I'm sure either of you probably didn't feel great as I was talking and sobbing in the Mexican restaurant. Um, but I knew it was a good conversation. And so once I said it, it felt so freeing. And so I think as we kind of navigate through this talk, I think something also that I've experienced as I've had these difficult conversations that, re- that are about addiction, like it, um, it is just very freeing. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, I'm laughing because that is like a, a coping mechanism for awkwardness. Like when I feel awkward or uncomfortable, sometimes I like giggle a little bit or um, so that's where that's coming from. Not because I think anything that Katie just said is funny. Um, she, you know, talked about bringing this up to us at lunch and she said that it was an awful conversation or her stomach was in knots. And I would just say that like, it wasn't awful that she brought it up to us. I'm so glad that she did. Um, but being on the receiving end, I think I can't speak for Jessica, but speaking for myself, I would just say like, I felt awful because I felt like, oh my gosh, I've let this person down. And I also like kind of knew that I had not, you know, been like stepping up all the way. Like I immediately went to all the times where I thought of like, oh, like Katie like popped into my mind or we said we were going to do something and we didn't. And it just like, you know, I would think about it, but then not want to like bring things up to her. And, and then I, so I felt guilty where I'm like, you even knew this and thought about these things and like, didn't follow through. Um, so it was just like, I'm glad that it came up because then I think it led to like a good conversation on like Jessica and I were able to identify maybe some of the reasons that we've not been like showing the support maybe at, that you want, like, you know, or it, and it came down to just being kind of uncomfortable with not really knowing how to address it or the fear of like, oh, what if I say something and it makes her like sad, <laughs> which it's like, uh, it's, I don't I'm just, know. I'm always sad. That's the thing. <laughs> Which like yeah. that, you, you think about that and you're like, well, logically, like that's just like a, 
it's, it's silly to think that like, I'm going to be the one that's making you sad when there's this like thing that you're sad all the time or it's, and I think you brought up a good point where you said, you know, I want people to bring up my dad or ask me about it because there's like the fear that, you know, people forget about him or that. And so I think it was like helpful to hear that it was hard to hear all of these things, but necessary. Yeah. And I think, um, so as we're going off, even the very basic outline that we even made, (laughs) um, I think what was also so interesting is you, Shannon, I think afterwards, um, I had just said like, like my stomach is, feels better now. Like we, we had our meeting and then we had lunch and then we had a meeting afterwards. Um, and you were like, and I said, man, man, I really hate, you know, doing that kind of stuff, like whatever it may be. And I think you said like, oh, I, you know, I thought you'd be comfortable with confrontation or you feel really comfortable in confrontation or whatever it may be. Um, so that's kind of spiraled for me into kind of like, who am I type of thing? Oh. So, um, you know, I brought it up to a couple of friends and they're like, well, you're not confrontation old, but you're comfortable with the uncomfortable. Um, and I think I had a conversation with Jessica too. And she was like, you know, I don't care to talk about addiction, sex, money, taboo things. However, when it deals with my emotions, like my actual vulnerability, very, very difficult. And so, um, it was just, it was, it was very, very interesting, um, to kind of reflect on that of you guys think that I I would be comfortable bringing that thing, that stuff like that up and I'm not. And so I think that maybe goes to show if you think somebody it just in your life may be comfortable with those things. Like, I, I guess I would say maybe not, or don't, don't assume that they are type of thing. True. I think that maybe we were mistaking like some of your like bluntness. Cause you're, you're pretty blunt and like forward and like asking questions. Like I think we've said on here before, like you're the one who's going to ask the hard questions and put people on the spot. And so maybe that got, you know, misconstrued into like, Oh yeah, Katie doesn't mind confrontation. Um, but I guess it's different when you're putting someone else on the spot and like asking them questions as opposed to like, bringing up something very vulnerable for yourself and addressing it that way. Um, The other interesting thing that came out of that was that I think we related it back to, you know, we've had so many conversations on here about wanting support from loved ones and friends and like, why, why don't they show up or ask us what we need? And um, it was interesting when we realized like, we kind of were doing the same thing that we've complained about other people um, doing for us in the addiction realm. And I don't know, I think it, it, it just goes back to like people feeling uncomfortable or afraid of bringing up feelings or not knowing what to say. So then you don't say anything. Um, So it was kind of like full circle in that moment, I guess. Yeah, absolutely. And I think, I think both of you said like, I, you know, I told you to tell me what you needed and, and you didn't say anything. So we didn't say anything or something in in that box. And it was like, we don't know what I need. Like I'm just dealing with some shit. And so all, I just need something, anything really. Um, and the episode that you're referring to is like, where's my casserole, which is a fantastic episode. Um, and so it was, you know, again, it just kind of goes to show, like, if you don't know what to say, 
say something over nothing, especially like when, you know, kind of this type of addiction stuff. I mean, a lot of addiction is super, super heavy. And so even just showing up your friend to your friend and be like, I have no clue what to say, but know that I'm here and I love you and I'm going to help you or in some way. Um, right. So it was, it, it was just, yeah, like you said, full circle was interesting. Yeah. I was like, dang, we should have been better about this because we've literally talked about this topic and given people advice for how to show up and support their friends. But I guess not in our defense or whatever, if it was a addiction thing, I think that we would have like showed up and supported because we would have known what to do. And it's just, thousand percent. yeah. It's right. That, and again, like, you've not lost, you've not lost one parent and you've not lost both. And so it's like, you know, what, what do you do? Yeah. <laughs> type of thing. I guess if anything, it maybe gave a little bit more like empathy to the people in our support systems who like listened to the casserole episode and were like, I feel really bad. I, I just didn't know what to do, or I thought I was being helpful by not bringing it up. So yeah. So, Good reflection. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, so that absolutely brought us to this conversation today and just the different, different kind of uncomfortable conversations that you have when usually this kind of stuff comes out. Um, so I know that when Kim and I were talking, I was like, man, what kind of uncomfortable conversations do you have? And just a very quick list. And then we can dive into that. Like you have hard conversations with your medical professionals, your spouse or your loved one, your kids, your family, your friends, your work, your coworkers, your neighbors, like the list goes on and on of like the difficult conversations that you have to have. Um, when maybe addiction is now your every day. Yeah. Yeah. So I don't know, Shannon, do you have any examples of some of the ones that you've dealt with? I mean, I think the thing that first comes to mind immediately is just the initial like sharing with my family first about like Jay's addiction. Um, like, I feel like that memory is just so vivid in my, (laughs) in my mind. Um, I remember like I found out and I didn't tell my family for a couple of days because it's like, how do you pick up the phone and say like, Hey, guess what? Um, so I didn't really know how to communicate it, but then I was supposed to be going to dinner at my parents' house on a Sunday night and my brother and sister were both going to be home. And so we got there and I clearly looked like shit. Like I had no appetite. Everyone's like, are you okay? And I'm like, yeah, I'm, I'm fine. And then we're like, I remember sitting at the table and somebody just asked me again, like, are you sure you're okay? Like you, you don't seem right. And I just like broke down, like sobbing. And it's like one of those things where it's kind of a blur on like, what exactly did you say? Because it's like, oh, I'm kind of blackout mode. But I just remember being like, Jay's doing drugs again. And they were like, everyone, I just felt like all eyes were on me and they're like, what, what kind of drugs? And I'm like the bad ones. And, and, (laughs) and it was just like, I was just so like devastated and everybody was kind of in shock and like, didn't know what to do. So that was how I approached that first uncomfortable, uh, conversation. 
Um, so that's the thing that always stands out in my mind. And then from there, I think just any time that there's been relapses and I think we've talked, like, sometimes I haven't shared that, um, other times, like it's been to a point where I've had to. And I think what I struggle with is it's just like that initial, like initial, like opening the door and saying like, Hey, I have this like news to share. It's just like, there's not a good way to go about it. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I, I kind of similarly to you, um, I think I waited like six, five to seven months before I told my family anything was going on, um, for many reasons. Uh, but I remember, uh, man, I think I actually did it on the phone. (laughs) My dad lived an hour South. So, and I didn't want to do it like in front of Kim in. Mm-hmm. so yeah so but then I remember like we never have family meetings and then somehow I wound up in a family meeting at my sister's house and they said please don't bring Kim in they were like I don't know they just had some hard questions for me and we're like do you want to stay like you know what's going on and, and at that point I felt very confident in my decision that I was going to stay in the relationship at least for a year, because for whatever reason in my head, I thought I had heard, don't make any big life decisions within a year. And so I was like, you know, seven months in, it's like, cool. You know, I'm just going to wait, wait this out and, and see where it goes. And, um, so I remember that conversation, but I don't like, yeah, I just, I just had to call. I remember like after like the last car accident that came in, got into with, the semi because after the semi that's when he went into rehab and blah 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 and I remember my girlfriend had just had twins I mean they were probably weeks old and I worked in the hospitality industry so every Monday I would go help her with her babies and I walk in and I just start sobbing and she was like, what? And she is like anti-emotion, like <laughs> even more so than me. And so I was like, blah, blah, you know, just word vomiting, like what's kind of been transpiring. And uh, she was like, oh my God. And like, she didn't know what to do, but then like, she was like, kind of like, you know, rubbing my back, but then like, we're watching the babies and it was like, <laughs> it was just very weird. <laughs> and I think I had to go to the pawn shop to try to get the neck, a necklace back that, and it was like a whole thing. Um, but yeah, I think that f- telling her is a very vivid memory for me. Cause I think it was the first friend that I just like word vomited. Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah. And it's uncomfortable. Yeah. Uh, why, why do we think it's so uncomfortable? Yeah. So I think, I just think, unfortunately, like there's so much shame, obviously around addiction. Like I failed, like I should have, for me, I should have been smarter. I should have seen all the signs. Like I absolutely in my heart of hearts knew something was wrong. Um, and it just like embarrassing and you don't want people to judge you. Um, and it's just like this big secret. It's just supposed to be this big secret. Like you don't tell people your business. Mm. Um, yeah. which I'm absolutely opposed to now. Um, yeah. Time. Yeah. I mean, you've, grown and learned a lot since then. So it makes sense that your views would shift. I think the, you know, the judgment and shame are what stand out the most for me, especially like when I, when I think about like the most uncomfortable conversations, it's usually 
like with my family or my close friends, like the people that I care the most about. Um, and there's like this, I don't want to disappoint them or I, I want to like protect them from feeling like pain and feeling like sad for me or, and also, you know, there's the like worry of, oh, are they judging me? Or, you know, I, there's this image that they've had of me and now it's like shattered. And, and some of it goes back to- a thousand percent, man, to that. Yeah. A thousand some percent. of it goes back to like codependency of like me tying my, my image to Jay too much. And like, where it's like, oh, because he's done this, now everybody's going to like, that reflects on me. Um, you know, which I feel like is something that we've learned, like, we have to like separate ourselves from that. But um, definitely, initially, I was very much in that place. I'm like, this reflects poorly on me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, you know, at, I mean, I was 26 when I found everything out. Oh, that's a lie. I was 29. Yeah, I was 29 when I found everything out. So white pick a bench, supposed to have the baby, supposed to be happy. This is supposed to be the best time in your life. Um, Jessica asked me the other day, like Kim and I have not gone on any vacations, like pre pre getting married. So the six years before we were poor and, you know, in college and whatever, didn't have any money. And then, you know, after our honeymoon, like we still didn't even have, we've still not had any vacations of note, you know, maybe, you know, we live in Indiana going up to Michigan for two nights, you know, it's vacation, but it's not like what I guess many people think of a vacation. Like when you go relax short, like a quick getaway. Yeah. That's a getaway. Right. So we've not had a vacation. And Jessica was like, blah, you know, said something like, what did you do? Whatever. And I said, bitch, he put all his, all of our money up his fucking nose. So <laughs> I, I didn't have any money to go on vacation because it was disappearing and I couldn't figure out why. And she's like, oh yeah. And I was like, yeah, like I couldn't, you know, it's just, it was, it was funny to, to think. <laughs> Oh God. Yeah. That is funny. Yeah. Well, talking about trips, you just went to Mexico. Yeah, I did. Uh, (laughs) I was there for a, um, a a family friend's wedding. Um, and actually it was more of a getaway as well, because for, for as far as I traveled, um, went to Puerto Vallarta, I was only there from like Friday to Monday, just with what worked out work-wise and stuff. So, I mean, now Jay's been on a recovery path for, um, I think he's recently celebrated two years mm-hmm. of, um, but like in the beginning, like what conversations, I mean, I can think of conversations that I probably would have had, like telling family to watch Kim in and like what signs maybe to look for oh. if he's using, you know, I don't think I ever really did that because that would be like me admitting to people that I was worried about it or like let giving some sort of signal that there was a reason to be worried. And I wanted everything to appear that it was like fine. I guess I can think of maybe a couple of times, like I would, when his sister still lived in town, like one of his sisters is like a good friend of mine. And when she lived in town, like I would be like, Hey, I'm going to be gone for work. So she kind of knew, but it, it wasn't even 
like said in like a way of like, hey, go check up on him. You know, it was just like, I think then she would be like, oh, it might be a good weekend to see if Jay wants to like go grab dinner or or whatever. Um, right. But yeah, I don't remember having any like specific, like hard conversations that were like awkward related to that. Yeah, I think I, remember, I just kept inside. Yeah, I think I remember just trying to like communicate with his family of like ways to keep him busy. You know, uh, if I if I had um, you know, I did weddings forever. So if I had like a six wedding weekend and I was gone all day, Friday, Saturday, Sunday, like I don't need him to have idle time. And so I think that plays a lot into my control. Like I can control <laughs> the situation. Yeah, like yeah. I just needed to know he wasn't gonna relapse. Um in the big be- in the beginning um so I, like I know I told a couple family and like some friends like hey maybe you should I'm gonna be gone all weekend maybe you should hang out with Kimmin or whatever it may be yeah so, I mean yeah. if we're talking about like our spouses families and like uncomfortable conversations I think the times that come to mind for me with that were during the fall of 2019 when Jay was on his like long run relapse and um we were sort of you know like in limbo on we were to hadn't really broken up but we weren't really talking we'd go back and forth he wasn't living here but I was like still in touch with him enough that like I knew what he was going on and I knew that he wasn't being honest like with his sister who he was like living with at one point and um like, so I had to have an uncomfortable conversation with her one time. Like we kept thinking, we kept thinking, man, he's really getting screwed with this halfway house. They keep just like jerking him around like, oh yeah, show up on Wednesday. And then he calls them and they say, oh, we're not going to be, have a bed until Friday. And I was like, this is not making sense. Like this has been going on for too long. Um, and I don't know, right or wrong. I, you know, was like, I'm going to take matters in my own hand and call this halfway house and find out like what the hell is going on. Cause I think I was also starting to question the story Jay was telling us. And I was like, I need to get to the truth, you know, play detective, I guess. Um, and then I called and found out from them. They were like, we've had beds ready for him for a while. And every time he's supposed to show up, there's a reason why he can't. And like, where I'm about to be done with him and move on. And so I had to like call his sister and be like, Hey, you are going to have to like tell Jay, he can't stay at your house because as long as he has that option, like he's not moving into the recovery house. And so that was like a really like hard conversation of like bringing that up and pointing out to her, like, maybe you're enabling a little bit or, I know you were trying to be helpful, but he's kind of taking advantage of it. And also then I had to like break the news because they were thinking he was doing well. And I'm like, yeah, he's not actually doing well. So, <laughs> Right. I remember that. Um, I think uh, in the beginning, if, talking about in-laws, um, my mother-in-law came to the support group with me at the rehab center in the beginning. And um, she loves, loves, loves her children. And, you know, sometimes she listens so um anyway we've talked about this with her before we have talked about this with her before um anyway she loves love loves her children and 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 she didn't know everything that was going on behind the scenes and I remember when 
Kitman was in the ICU and he has like bags of Narcan dripping into him. Like we didn't know what was happening. We thought he had a seizure or whatever. And he had like this ventilator BiPAP thing on his face. And she walked in blazing and just lit him up at the end of the bed. And I was sitting next to him and she was like, oh God, I don't even know what she said, but she said something hard to me. And then like later on, she came back in after she cooled down and she was like trying to tell me like, you guys need to go to marriage counseling, blah, blah, blah. And it was like, Jill, we've been going to fucking marriage counseling for like a year. Like, you know, he's an asshole, you know, just saying all these things, like, because he was an absolute awful human being at the end. And she never saw that. And so just having those difficult conversations of like, you know, even in the, in the support groups, you know, she would say things and it's like, whoa, that's really not right. Or, um, that's not how I viewed it because yeah, I was having experiences it. With yeah. And so, um, you know, she doesn't want to know all the details, which I completely understand. I don't want to share all the details, you know, we're moving forward. Um, but having those difficult conversations about how your child is so awful was so awful to me, but you know, she, yeah. she loves them. At least in my situation, like she, she loves him no matter what as, as a parent should. Yeah. Well, actually, uh, opposite of that, one of the like most uncomfortable, uncomfortable conversations I had with Jay's mom was like around the time when, when we actually did break up because, you know, he, it was like, had given the ultimatum of going, you need to go to Fairbanks or like, I'm done. And I had like reached out to his family to let him know, like, Hey, this is happening. I really hope that he goes into, um, Fairbanks just like wanted you to like, wanted you to know, like, cause we had been kind of in touch here and there on like, what's going on. And, um, his mom and I talked on the phone and it was like very sweet, but also like heartbreaking to hear her, like, tell me, you know, like we totally understand if you need to like move on with your life. Like we want you to be happy and get married and have babies. And like, you can't let Jay like pull you down. And like for his mom to be like telling me that is just like heartbroken breaking. And I'm like, I, I know that that's right, but also it's not what I want to do, but then I had to do it anyway. And I don't know. So that was uncomfortable for the opposite, I guess, of your experience. Yeah. Yeah. Right. And you, you, you really like his parents, his parents, how you guys been doing for 11 years. That was one of the hardest parts during that, that whole fall was that it was like, I felt like I was losing a whole family. Um, Well, that brings up another kind of uncomfortable conversation because the, then the first time that I saw them all, um, when Jay was in rehab, his parents came for like the family, um, day and I met them and then they had invited me to like go have dinner at the, at her, his older sister's house. And, um, when we were there, it came up of like how they hadn't really been, we hadn't been in touch and how that was just like really hard that nobody had like reached out to me to like, see how I was doing in the last couple of months. And I felt like, you know, I get that, Jay's your son and your brother and like there's that loyalty there but we've had this at the time 10 plus year history and it felt like I just was like dropped 
Yeah, so. you weren't just a new girlfriend. Yeah. You've been yeah. around for 10 years. <laughs> so that was kind of uncomfortable. But I mean, same with what you said earlier, like saying that was very freeing. And I'm glad that I was able to share it because if not, like that is a resentment that would have just built. And it yeah. wouldn't yeah. be great for all the like times that we uh, spend together as right. an extended family. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah. And I think that, you know, we could probably go on and on and on about uncomfortable conversations we've had, but I think the thing that is just has become more evident is like, what is that quote? A burden shared is halved. Burden shared is a burden halved. And um, I love that quote. And I don't know who said it, but it's so true. And like, I was feeling so heavy, like with my conversation with you two about my dad. And again, like, as soon as I said it, like the moment I said it, like it was just done, it was gone. Like put it out in the universe. You guys responded, um, appropriately, you know, you guys didn't blow me up for it or anything like that. But, um, I think just in many cases though, once you share, I just think in my experience, once you share, like you just feel so much better. Yeah. So it's like, why hold it in? Like, why are we holding this in? Like, why do conversations have to be so uncomfortable? Yeah. Do you feel like the uncomfortable conversations you've had because of addiction, like helped prepare you to have like this uncomfortable conversation or like just other hard conversations, like in general? Yeah. You know, it's probably a combination of all um, you know, the addiction thing, I I think I've always been comfortable, even pre knowing about addiction. I've always been uncomfortable with, um, asking people difficult questions. And now I think I'm kind of in a phase, uh, of where, like, I don't have either of my parents. So like, let's just light this shit on fire because (laughs) they can't be disappointed in me. Um, they can haunt me in my dreams, I guess. Um, so I'm going through a little bit of that. It was just like, fuck it, man. Like, um, I, we will not be on this earth long enough for me to give any more fucks about what you may think. Um, and so like, I want to be genuinely happy. And so to hold on to these resentments and these standards that may be put on me or whatever, like, I just, like, I'm just like, not here for it. Like, like I'm a healthy woman, I will say. And I bought bikinis for, for my swimsuits. Like, yeah. Like, why not? Like, I think they look great and that's fine. If you don't want to look at my cellulite and my jiggly belly, that's fine. You don't have to look away. Yeah. I mean, good for you. What about you? I mean, do you think addiction has, cause you're, I think we're different in that way. So like, how has it helped you? Um, like, having these difficult conversations around addiction, has that helped you in any way? Well, so it's interesting because I'm thinking about actually, like, I feel like my family would say that I am like, not like that. I'm more confrontational. Like it's kind of the running joke. Like I'm the oldest and I'm very loyal. Um, shout out to the Enneagram. I'm an Enneagram six and it's, you know, the defender loyalist and I cannot understand it. (laughs) Oh my God. Episode on the Enneagram is coming at some point. 
just have um, to get no. on board. <laughs> um, but anyway, like I was always the one who would like stand up for my sister and brother. Like there's a story when we were on the bus and we were little, like my sister went and sat down and the person who was in the seat was like, you can't sit here. And I was like, you will not tell her where she can sit. And I was like, Ashley, sit down. You are sitting here. And then she's like, I don't want to sit here anymore. And I'm like, oh no, this, we are making a point. Like, and so I think though, whenever it comes to like defending people that I love, like I have no problem, like standing up for like what I believe is right or standing up for the people that I care about. Um, I think where I have struggled in the past is more of like, maybe standing up for like myself or like, or showing that I'm vulnerable and something has upset me and like letting people know that. Um, so I guess that's probably where I've had practice now in the like addiction world is by like, I've had to let friends and family know, like if I'm going through a hard time and I've shared with coworkers. Um, and so in some ways, like that's made other conversations easier because sometimes you're like oh this is like not nearly as big of a deal as like when Jay OD'd or Jay was in jail or we broke yeah, up perspective or, for or sure I had to tell people that he was moving back in like I was <laughs> I was nauseous about that oh yeah because what are they gonna think you just invited a drug abuser back in your house I know it you was dumbass like- you were free (laughs) (laughs) exactly it was like it was just like I knew everyone was so worried about like oh she's gonna get hurt again like is this too soon like yeah so I'm like I feel like other conversations that I have to have about you know like a conversation at work I had to stand up for myself with about my workload like I can't take on more work or like normally that would really, really like worry me about like, oh, I'm letting them down. I'm going to look like a bad worker. And there's still some of that, but like, I was able to push through it because I'm like, it just didn't like compare to other things. Right. Yeah, absolutely. Good for you doing that, Shannon. That's fantastic. I need to learn that one. (laughs) Well, it's hard to maintain those boundaries though. Yeah. Right. Jeez. Well, Shannon, we did it. Our twosome. <laughs> Our it's twosome. done. We made it through the discomfort. We did. Uh, well, everyone, thank you for always listening. Uh, shout out to Jessica and her sick babe. Hopefully he gets better soon. And uh, please, like I said, rate us, review us, like us, share us if you can. Ooh, get that merch. It's out. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Represent. Yeah, hell. Uh, All right, everyone, and keep coming back. Thanks for spending time with us. We hope this story has helped you better navigate yours. Don't forget to subscribe so we can meet you here next time. If you enjoyed this episode, spread the love by rating or reviewing. Need more support? Join our online community by visiting us at boyproblemspod.com. Whatever you do, keep coming back. We're not licensed professionals. We're here to share our lived experience. So take what resonates and leave what doesn't.